And we're on the air in five, four, three, two, one. Pencil. Are beginning to be able cautiously and with our All right, eyes so uh, th- welcome to Here You Are, Wasa. I'm uh, your co host, Dino Corvino. I'm here with my main man, Eric Sorensen. All right, so uh, <laughs> what episode number is this? Do we know? Five, I think. Five, okay, so yeah. it's this one, then the next one, and then we're going to submit to Apple, and then we're going to get big time listeners, and we're going to be famous. That's right. Yep. That's what we're here for. That's right. That. Because that's the road to fame is just paved in podcasts. I think. That's why everyone starts a podcast is because they want to become famous. It seems that way, or they're famous and they want to stay famous, and it's a low impact way to do that very thing. So yeah. So how's your week going? It's all right. Quit my job today. Okay. All right. Well, let's just jump into the heavy <laughs> stuff right there. Okay. How how did that go? If if we can. It went all right. It was yeah. a little bit strange, though, because the person that I was supposed to be taking over for at my job decided that uh, today was their last day. Oh. So it was a bit of a shake-up on my project. Yeah, and, and still, still, I could get hired at your job. Yeah, well. Apparently that says something about me. But everybody's sort of waiting for the... Uh, they're changing their pay structure and bonus structure, so everybody's waiting for the public word on that, and uh, that will depend on how many other people jump ship hey I'll, I'll take the job buddy i'm, I'm in uh, I, i'm bored yeah. it's summertime and it's raining so yeah. there's yeah. a lot of people that think they're not going to be around in a few years so yeah well i wouldn't who I wouldn't knows i mean Jesus. you're gonna be right back where you are now yeah well that's true so i file i filed for unemployment last week after hey. how long have i been unemployed since oh since april 9th so i've been unemployed about over two months now and uh, decided, okay, you know, let's actually do this thing and, and file for unemployment. So I did that and uh, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I haven't been, I haven't been unemployed according to uh, the state of Wisconsin since 2004. So that's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so we are here to talk about something I think that might be, uh, I think it might be near and dear to both of our hearts. It is, you know. Strangely enough, uh, the we live in uh, Wausau, Wisconsin, as you know, if you have been to the website or the po- really at this point, the podcast called "Here You Are, Wausau." And uh, one of the things that originated that was born in Wausau was the shoe company East Bay. That's right. It, what in uh, the seventies? I think so. I don't know exactly. I mean, we could I think. I think it was the seventies. Started okay. out of somebody's trunk. Yep, Art and Rick. Art and Rick were the founders. One of them was last name was Gehring, and one of their last names was Yidis. I don't know which was which, but I Art. know that their names were Art and Rick and Yidis and Gehring. So yeah, so they uh, started out of you know going to track meets and stuff like that, selling sneakers to athletes. That's right. And then grew into for a time the largest mail order shoe company in the world. Still probably are. Well, I I think that's probably Zappos, don't you think? Oh, well, that's true. You know, I mean, it's nice that we all think that our hometown guy is largest, but I, I think that Zappos is probably bigger. But that's They just, are now owned by Foot Locker, though, so... Right, that's true. You know, they might still be fairly big. They're yep. still in the Fortune 500. I don't know if Zappos is. They right. probably are, but... So East Bay the has a large footprint here in central Wisconsin. I mean, I've worked, I worked there twice. I think, uh, I worked in the call center and then I worked in the, I worked alone in the dead stock inventory warehouse back in the, so a hundred years ago before they grew into a big company, they had, they would rent warehouse space essentially all over town, you know, and, uh, they had these, dead products essentially kind of you know stuff that they had 10,000 of and they kept they kept it in their catalog but nobody really ever bought it anymore you know the track suits from three years ago or the the running spikes from four years ago so they had this dead dead stock inventory 
but every now and then somebody would order you know three years ago that that nike running suit so it was my job to go in every day to the warehouse pick up i was a horrible employee pick up a sheet of uh the dead stock orders drive by myself to the dead stock uh warehouse and pick them up and bring them back and uh I was alone in the warehouse all day, and I was just, I was a bad employee, so, you know, like, what should have taken 15 minutes would invariably take eight hours, <laughs> you know, given that I just filed for unemployment and I'm talking on the internet, that's probably not a good idea, but, and then I worked in the call center, and I, to, to be honest, I really loved working in the call center, I mean, I really, I liked it, I mean, Jesus, really? you, yeah, I you sit there, you talk to people, say that. huh? I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. Really? I mean, it's... Yeah. But Maybe I, think, I don't know too many call center people. I don't right. Know. I think the deal is sort of once you've had a job washing dishes or what other kind of crappy jobs have I had? I once... I worked in a donut shop making donuts. Mm, at Right. You, where you go in at 4 o'clock in the morning and your job consists of dropping stuff into hot oil for hours. Worked in a bakery and a grocery store right. for quite a while. That was that was awful. Right. So you know, if you give me a job where I can sit down and talk to people, hey, I'm all right. You know, that seems all right. I won't be scalded by hot hot oil. See, I worked there about 15 years ago. Actually, that's my third stint there because I worked in the warehouse when they were downtown. Okay. Where the 400 block is now, and they used to have a dungeon. And you'd walk around and you'd get the, you know, the big order sheets yep. that would come off a dot matrix printer yep. and you'd have to run around this. And it was literally a dungeon. I mean, the, the walls were, you know, crumbling stone and there was barely any lights and some rickety structure holding up the ceiling. I mean, it felt like a mine shaft. And you would run around and you'd pick out the shoes and you'd you know, put them on a cart and send them off to whoever and right. whatever country and um, yeah but when I worked there about 15 years ago I worked in the corporate office designing the catalogs and everyone in the corporate office was required at some point to go on the phones and they all hated it they just bitched about it they never wanted to do it Right. I luckily never had to the, the over, we were just overflow I think I got too busy around holidays and so I never had to do it, but the people that did, they did not like it. So I think that's where I get that notion that nobody likes being at the call center. Yeah. See, I just, I always thought it was an okay gig. I mean, I just thought, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, would I rather have, would, would I rather do that or my, the job that I had for the last eight years? I'd rather do the job I had for the last eight years, but would I rather do that or make donuts? I'd rather do, I'd rather you know, sit on the phone and talk to people about shoes, you know, right. and, and getting them COD shoes, because that was always what stood out. But anyway, so one of the institutions of uh, Wausau, it seems, is the annual East Bay tent sale. Before we keep going okay. on to the topic, I just, I, I want to tell you this story, because you'll All probably right. appreciate this. When I was in the dungeon picking up shoes, yep, and they were going to wherever, I thought, there might have been, you know, a country or a city or a state or something that these shoes were going to. Um, I would, I'd open up the box and I would take out the insole and I would write in Sharpie on the bottom of the insole notes to the people. Really? Yeah. And I'd put them back in and I'd send them off in their merry way. So unless they took out your insole, you would never know that the note was there. But that's, I just thought that was... Oh my God, did... See, fun. now, like now the thing comes, it really sort of goes to... That sort of, can, do you want to build a way for them to respond? Yeah, well, now that would be you know, second nature. Right. You'd have to have, you. yeah, exactly, but yeah. At Shoe Bandit. Right, yeah. Shoe shoe Mystery. Yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah. The but Shoe I Ghost. Yeah. I, oh. I did little things like that to amuse myself. Cause, oh, that's know, cool. Picking shoes in a dungeon was, was not an enjoyable task. How old were you? Oh, I'm probably too old to have a job. No, like no, that. I mean, how old were you to when you were picking shoes? And that's what I mean. Probably oh. too old to have a job like that. Yeah, I'm probably in my early twenties. Who knows? Yeah, late but, teens, something. But it, I mean, I just think it's. I, I think everybody I know did has done time at East Bay. <laughs> 
that's that's time right exactly that's the wrong way to describe it but i mean i think especially since i've taken a job there in a week right yeah but i mean it's just one of those things where it's like okay yeah we've all we've all worked there right like like our friend jim carlson i think his whole life developed at at east bay very true i mean absolutely like he's a, a freelance guy now who works for himself and I think all of his skills sprung out of his time at East Bay. I think he really, you know, was nurtured by that corporation and as a result, you know, became who he is now. It's I think that's I think that it's fun to sort of see. But anyway, so let's jump into the topic. Sure. So the one of the institutions we have in, in Wausau is the annual East Bay tent sale. So uh East Bay has a retail store here in Wausau, and it's it's rumored to be less than you know two percent of their entire business is this retail store. And East Bay's factory, you know, everybody who works or most of the people who work there work on the phones, or in the corporate office, or at what we'll call the factory or the warehouse where shoes are shipped out into the world. And, and it's just millions and millions of pairs of shoes. And so every year they sort of grab the odds and ends or the old inventory or, or I don't know exactly how they select the shoes. Overstock. They, I think it's a lot of like the dead stock that you yeah. used to. And then uh, they let people buy it. They just bring it all together in a central location and let people buy it. And reduce the shit out of the yeah, prices. Oh, yeah. It's at a seriously reduced price, like like one quarter of the ticket price but anyway and and so this past weekend or week maybe half a week or something like that was the east bay tent sale so tell me about do you remember your first tent sale as as a customer no i don't remember how long it's been going on um i can remember some big events when they decided to move whatever the tent sale was to marathon park Okay, so into, that's so that leads right. There we go. So, so those I really remember, but I don't remember what it was before that. Where was where was your first tent sale? Where I would, I had Marathon Park. The, okay. It's the first one I can remember. So so before before that, because I'm older than you, I'm old. You're not that old, much older. A few months, old, pretty old, very ancient. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before that, uh, the. East Bay was on the 400 block, where the 400 block is downtown, the call center and the warehouse and this dungeon that you're talking about. Right. And they used to do the tent sale. They would close the street. Did they really? Yeah, they would close the street and put the put the shoes out on tables in the street. Hmm. And uh, and they, you know, you'd go and you'd buy, you'd get in line or you'd buy stuff and then you get in line to check out. And it was, it was a big big thing like you would stand in line for a long time and wait to to get to get to check out and it was it was just sort of awesome it was a lot a lot of people and a lot of space and it was outside in the summertime and it was it was cool you know so that's and it was you know all of the east bay employees were there sort of i assume protecting themselves from thievery you know Sure. And, and then, uh, and then you you would you check out and you'd leave, and that was that was that. But your your first memory is at the hockey rink, right? Right. So it moved from there to what Marathon Park has. Uh, Marathon Park built an outdoor hockey rink, sort of an enclose a temporary enclosure uh, hockey rink, and they put all of the shoes in the hockey rink. And there was, you would walk around the back of the hockey rink. Uh, there was a, a, because there was a line, a large line that walked all the way around the back, and they'd let you in, and you'd shop through the hockey rink, and then the, the uh, checkouts were in the front. Didn't you have to buy tickets to get in, too? I don't remember ever having to buy tickets. I remember every now and then you'd get a pass. They'd every, they'd try to have crowd control with a pass. You know, you go to the store. A week in advance and get a pass or that yeah. kind of thing, but yeah. eventually I think they've just given up on that sort of idea and just okay, wait in line. The play, you know, and it's and now the tent sale has changed even further, you know. So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this all of the the East Bay tent sale, I think, for me has has been a little bit diminished. We'll say. Well, I think we need to go back a little bit to okay. the tent sale. Didn't it start because of the Gus Macker tournament? Or, or did it just happen to coincide with that? There's the old school shoe guy coming through. You know, I mean, that's been around for 25 years. This this tent sale has been around for at least, you know, 20. So tell people what the Gus Macker is. Well, the Gus Macker is a national, you know, three-on-three basketball tournament. And it had, it had I don't know if it... I don't think it started in the area, but we were one of the catalysts, I think, to making it as big as it was, and it would travel around Wisconsin to a number of different communities, and it became this huge thing here. You know, they would start Friday night, there would be registration, and then there'd be a dunk contest at one of the local schools, and the next day it'd be two days of two days of just three-on-three basketball outdoors in the streets. They closed down a number of schools and the surrounding streets, and they just put up courts and you'd have ballers everywhere music products t-shirts hats food all kinds of big festival and it was huge for a while and i think that's how east bay's tent sale came into life was it sort of piggybacked with this weekend because i remember it was you know it used to be a lot busier and crazier because of all of the Gus Masker folks that were in town. I mean, bring thousands of people into the area that weekend. That, I, you might be right. I mean, geez, I forgot all, I forgot all about that connection. You know, Jesus, that's right, the Gus Macker tournament. And the Gus Macker tournament's been gone, only been gone a couple of years, right? Right. So... Wow. But and we'll probably get into it later in the podcast. But you know, the further along you go in those last few years, the the less and less importance this tent sale has had. So yeah. it was really, you know, it was really the the Gus Macker really breathed life into this whole idea of yeah, yeah, because there were thousands of athletes of all and families. That's right. Yeah, there were thousands of athletes and families in town. And so they'd play, and then they'd go buy their essentially buy their kids or their themselves inexpensive basketball shoes. Right. Wow. I I never made that con- I hadn't made that connection at all. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So. So the. What do you? Jesus, you you really threw me there. What do you you know? What do you think of the East Bay tent sale? As a sort of iconic thing, I yeah. think that I looked forward to it every year, and I don't anymore. Really, the time I can remember, you know, when it was at the park that we talked about. I mean, I can remember getting four or five pairs of shoes. Yep, in one outing, because they were, you know, twenty dollars, right? Five dollars. Holy shit! Here's one for fifteen. You know, I was. I mean, the prices were amazing. And that's what made the thing so exciting. Uh, who knows what happened? I think East Bay got greedy. They saw the popularity of it, and they started raising prices. I mean, I, this last weekend I went to it, and there were some shoes that were normally $120 that were now 89 Right. Well, I can get that. I can get better prices at Kohl's. Right. Yeah, see, I, you know, I I used to love the, the tent sale. I, you know, you... And it wasn't really, for me, it wasn't really the prices. I mean, it was, but it wasn't really the prices per se. It was the selection. Yeah. Like, I was seeing stuff that I, just sort of the, if, it's a hockey rink full of shoes. Just, that's, you know, it's conference tables as as far as the eye can see in the hockey rink and it's full of shoes and there are boxes around the outside of clothing and t-shirts and sweatshirts and just everything just truckloads of stuff you know and it's being updated like you know every yeah, hour every it's hour like there's a, a new truck like a that shows junkyard. up yeah. i mean these guys just walk out with big boxes dump them on the table and walk yep. away and and then the cockroaches swarm on that exactly Pile. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And now, and and it was a th- it was a thing. It was an event. Like I remember, you know, the fact that I, I found my Nike Baltoro boots there. Like, oh, these are the greatest things ever, because 
you know, sort of in my heyday with the tent sale, one, I didn't have a credit card. Two, the internet didn't exist the way it does now. And so as a result, you know, I'd get the book. That was that was the news. That was like the rolling stone of sneakers. I'd get the East Bay book and I'd be like, okay, this is awesome. But now I can get the book and I can, then I can go, okay, well, what else? You know, and that makes it really amazingly, I, I would think a really amazingly challenging business to be in but now it seems like you know I like I told I went to the tent sale twice and now the tent sale is held essentially in the parking lot of the corporate offices right and and it's did they have a retail store then when they did they've they've always had a retail store yeah I guess they have you're right you know and so I you know I always thought that there was the selection and and like last year you and I went together and I talked myself out of buying a pair of shoes that I found this year I I went twice in hopes that I would find something and I didn't find anything you know it was sort of these it was it was really for me at size at size 11 which I imagine to be a pretty common shoe size mm-hmm. it was just sort of all off color off style Air Jordan products and Jumpman products, you know, yeah. and I'm like, I don't want a light blue. Actually, no, I don't even want like a light green pair of, you know, retro Jordan Year Sevens, because nobody wants nobody wants those. That's why they're here, <laughs> you know. But I but what I did do was I went into the retail store this time and. Uh, they had just sort of weird stuff like on like water bottle like just what appeared to be a U-Haul truck full of water bottles you know like Gatorade squirt bottles and stuff like that all for 50 cents and it's like okay you know fine I'll get one for the dog because the dog likes the squirt bottle but yeah the, my East Bay tent sale haul this year was two squirt bottles and one sweatband and I have no idea why I bought the sweatband but you know it was a dollar so, well, you had to buy it if it's a dollar, right? Exactly. I think that's the whole whole theory there. But I think, I think part of the problem with that sale is that you you know you sort of nailed it when you said that this is stuff nobody wants. It never felt like that when it was at the hockey rink. It didn't feel like shoes right. nobody wanted. You know, these were the styles that people brought out. They just bought too much of them. Yeah. So now they have to get rid of it, and they're reducing the prices because they have too much of shoes that everybody wants but they need to get rid of them. Now, it's just, you know, okay, we bought too much of this crappy shoe that we took a gamble on. Right. Now we got to get rid of it. Last year when you and I went, I remember it being just so specialized that it was frustrating. It's like every box I opened was track spikes or yeah. football cleats or right. baseball shoes. It's like, you know, that's not your market is not just the athlete, the right. hardcore athlete. Where's the casual sneakers for people like you and me? Right. Yeah, there was just there was just sort of, but there was none of it. But it, when I went inside, there were probably a hundred people in the East Bay retail store, which is a small store. All right. going, there were more shoes inside the retail store for say on sale than there were outside the retail store in the tents. First of oh. all, plus it was wood, but it was it raining. was raining. Yeah, and. Uh, and it was, I mean, people were buying stuff, it seemed like, you know. But it, it does it does feel like one of those beloved cultural institutions that has changed for me, you know. I, don't, I, I still think that it's a, a, an event or a destination for people who, for somebody, I don't know exactly who, but, you know, for somebody, so... Well, I'm going to say it, and I don't want to say it. Okay. But has it changed that drastically because it's changed, or have we just gotten older and our tastes have, you know, our tastes have changed? Well, that's there. I mean, that's perfect. If that's... you think about the the crowd that was those hundred people, they well, there weren't a lot of forty five year olds. No. There. You know, so I think that you know that's part of it. 
I do, I do, and I. It's funny because I had this ex, not to completely go off base here today, but I had this experience today where I just went, I am my, I have, I'm going to be my age in this experience. So, <laughs> I'll, and I'll tell you what I did. So, uh, my niece's birthday, she turns five on Wednesday, and so I'm the uncle who does things like buy her hockey sticks or a baseball glove or a bicycle. So I decided, I put it up on Twitter. I'm like, I have no idea what to, to get her. And uh, my friend Mike V suggested I give her a skateboard. And I'm nice. like, oh, okay, so let's give her a skateboard. So he owns a skateboard company, and he we talked about it, and we found one. I asked him to ask his daughters because, you know, boy skateboarders, even when they're parents, really have bad graphic tastes. So I asked his daughters, you know, asked him to ask his daughters, you know, what would be appropriate for a five-year-old girl? What would she like? And so they picked out a board, the the uh, infamous Vallely, uh Barnyard board from when he went to World Industries. And so that's what he sent me. And so today I had to get trucks, wheels, bearings, hardware, and grip tape for her. <laughs> and so I had, you know, you got to do that in real life. And so I went to... Uh, the central board shop here in Wausau and I walked in and I was surrounded by because it's, it's summertime we'll just say 15 to 22 year olds or probably 10, 10 people boy, male and female in the store that age group and John the owner I think is probably mid to mid 20s probably John something or other is his name mm-hmm. and I and what I caught my I caught myself really early on I said don't talk about skateboarding back in the day. Don't be, just be the uncle. Just be the uncle in the, you know, essentially just be the guy paying for something, you know. You don't have to try to grab your street cred back, you know. Just be the uncle. And so that's what I did. And I was like, yeah, that was that was okay. You know, I didn't try to tell them, oh, you know, it, it was Lance Mountain's birthday on Saturday. Oh, you don't even know who Lance Mountain is, do you, young child? Oh, you guys don't know anything. Let me tell you what it was like when I was a boy. You know? And Which so, is funny because I was watching TV tonight and Tony Hawk is now selling um, Mini Coopers. Yes. With his whole family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he's like he's like one of the top 100 Instagram feeds. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you... you you did a 900 that's it you should just take your millions and go but it just okay you just want to keep making millions for each of your kids all right go ahead you know so but uh it was one of those things where i just sort of let myself be 45 44 years old 44 years old um and it was really okay because i think that the minute like i remember being 22 and some dude telling me oh it was cool back in the day you know, our 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 old friend Tom, whose wife we know as well, Tom and Jane, because they're not going to listen to the podcast. But you know, he invariably tells us how great it used to be. You know, oh, music back in my day had soul, blah blah blah. And I'd be like, okay, you know, and I'd fight. I used to fight about that, but yeah, that's it. I I could do it. I could talk about you know punk rock in 1990 if I wanted to, but whatever they have punk rock now it's whatever they're doing they're doing so i just it's my job to be supportive and not get in the way but at, to to bring it back to east bay yeah i don't know man i don't know if what what a 15 year old would see walking in that room anymore you know no cuz i i mean unless it was all bought out i didn't even see anything that was wearable on the street yep that's right. Walk out there in baseball cleats. Yep, it was a lot of baseball cleats, a lot of sort of weird off-brand Jumpman stuff, and that was it, you know. But, but I still think that the the East Bay tent sale is is an iconic of. I, well, I think it's probably because of the power of East Bay in our community. I think that the East Bay tent sale is an iconic event in Wausau, and it's maybe it's just cyclical and. and it's going down it's down now and it'll come back eventually but you know maybe you'll have you'll help that along but i don't know i mean I, the other thing is 
you know, we don't have to wait anymore for shoes. Like, do you do you remember Foot Locker in Wassa in the Wassa Center Mall? Oh yes, with the with the basketball hoop, yep. and, the, and the shoes would come out on Tuesdays. Like vi, like DVDs come out on Tuesdays. Yep. I was such a shoe geek. One, I knew all the employees at Foot Locker in the mall, and really just wanted to work there because I I mean this was, I was really young, like eighth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth grade. Probably I'm thinking of. Um, and I would just go there and I just stare at the shoes on the walls, just stare at them. You know, like I, I, I remember when I remember when the first pair of Reeboks happened <laughs> and I was like, I, and it was just sort of one of those things where it's like, how can a new shoe company come out? How does that, how, who, how can you come out? How does a new shoe company even happen? You know, cause Adidas and Reebok or Adidas and Nike. And and then there was kangaroo. If, kangaroo. And the only reason kangaroo existed was because Walter Payton wore them. Wow. Dun dun dun. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> kangaroo. And then there were those like the the shoes that we would we would buy if our parents took us to Milwaukee for this at some point in the summer. Yeah. Grand Avenue Mall. Grand Avenue Mall. I remember I bought a pair of Lotto shoes. Nice. Yep. Exactly. And I wore them uh, in 11th grade for tennis. Because I was on the tennis I was team. always a big fan of the BK shoes. Right. I never wore the BK shoes. I never did it. I don't know why. I just sort of figured... Well, I, well actually, I know why. Because I was so entrenched in East Coast rap that BK was West Coast. Was it? Yes. Troop, huh. if, you, if, you, if you were a hip-hop fan... Troop and Adidas was East East Coast, BK was the West Coast people. Yeah. So I was I was I never I never owned a pair of Troop shoes. No, I didn't either. I owned a Troop sweatshirt. I liked the Troop band. That's beside the point, though. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, good. But uh, like yeah, going to Milwaukee and buying sneakers or buying shoes. You know, like did you ever do that? Oh yeah, all the time. Do you remember any of the shoes that you got? Oh, shit, I don't know. I've had so many shoes in my lifetime. I don't know. So what are your favorite... What are the, for, a while what are, I, for a while, I wore a Fila. Really? You were a Fila no. guy? No. I, I was never a Fila you know, guy. I didn't really like a lot of them. I was always an Adidas guy to the core. For most of my life, I, I still say it now once in a while. I used to say that I was sponsored by Adidas. Sure. So I couldn't wear anything but Adidas. That was my sticker of choice, but like your wedding, for example. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that was could that could have been a more fateful, great thing to have happen. Exactly. So going back to uh, Foot Locker, though, yep. there was also a sports store in the mall in the Wassa Mall called Do it. Schmitz. It. Yes, sporting goods. Len Schmitz. And, Len Schmitz, and I had a friend that worked at. <gasps> mall. I'm going to go quote unquote friend because I wouldn't really call him a friend. Right. Anyway. He used to work at Schmitz, and I think he got fired from there and then went to Foot Locker. And those two stores are the reason why I'm so upset about the tent sale to this day. Because that guy stole so many things. We'd give him some cash, he'd give us some shoes. So I, paying full price for shoes is so hard for me. Yes. Because I was a mall rat, and it was right. that, those were the days when, you know, this guy would would steal shoes for us and yep. we'd give him some money and that would be that and I heard a few years ago that he was actually selling shoes out of the back of his truck so he's still doing it yeah wow so he, he but he destroyed my life because I was unable to pay for full, pay full price for shoes from that point on no matter what they were right it's like I can't believe they cost this much and now you're going back to the shoe world and won't ever have to pay full price again. Yeah, exactly. You know, and going back to uh, the kids and what they're wearing these days, I have a nephew who's, he just turned 14. Okay. And he's a shoe freak. Okay. He he buys shoes from Japan and he won't wear them. Yep. He's got, he built a shelf or he bought a shelf for his room where he just has his shoes displayed. You know, he's got, he'll probably have, you know, wear like two pairs of shoes, but he's got a hundred of them. So he's going to lose his mind when he finds out that I've taken a job at East Bay. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And and he li- it's a New York City that's the New York City kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he lives right. in Long Island. And so you like, you know, the last time 
last year when I went to New York City, I took an extra travel day just to do shoes. Yeah. And so I drove, I traveled around the boroughs to all the sort of infamous or famous shoe spots. And it was one of those things where you go in there and you're like, I am looking at a $1,000 pair of Jordans. Okay, I'm putting them down. You know, because it's like, okay, oh, God, I, that's that's cool. I know these are great, you know. But, yeah, like the – so there's a place in Madison I want to go to this – whenever I go to Madison again is they sell just – it's a basement shop. And they okay. sell sneakers and vinyl, I think, or they have a DJ, something oh, like wow. that. But it's just this – cool little sneaker shop yeah see what i was amazed at was the at the skateboard shop today he has an amazing selection of shoes and it's it's strange because as a skateboarding kid and skateboarding adult it was one of those things where you know i was covering my shoes in duct tape and rubber cement (laughs) and all that just trying to keep them together because they were you know the grip tape was blowing them apart and now they, they've you know the technology of shoes is caught up, so they survive longer. And they are just they have some like he has Nike Dunks in there, just a whole wall of them. Wow! And it, it's just like how the Nike SB, the skateboarding product company, the brand inside of Nike, apparently is just sort of co-opted, like the basketball shoes of our youth. You know, and they they have they he has really cool shoes, like know, the Reebok. So. Remember Reebok's blacktop line? Oh God, yeah. For the outdoor ballers. Oh yeah, I owned a pair. I I bought a pair at the East Bay tent sale because I'm like, well, oh, these are great. These look, they look good. They were all black shoes, you know, and they look tough. And uh, and I it was in college, and I thought these will be good. I'll play hoops in them. And the problem was they were really designed for outside. Like right. I tried to play intramural basketball in them in college, and it was like wearing high skates. <laughs> you know, but if you like, I played tennis or played basketball outside with them. They were absolutely fine. You know, funny. So let's see. So what are your what is what's your favorite sneaker that you've ever owned? That's funny you ask that because that Good. was going to be a question that I was going to bring up because they're right. paperwork for my new job. Okay. There's like some orientation questions, and that's one of the questions they asked. What's your favorite sneaker? Okay. Black on black shell toes. Really. I think, what, 83, 84? I think I've had a pair since they wore out every year or every you know time the shoe wore out since that era. I've had one of those in my lineup. Really? Be it white, be it black, be it... I think I had some baby blue ones at one point. Some North... You know, because back in the day, everything, you'd buy stuff based on your sports team. Right. And, uh... Yeah, I think I was. I was. I wasn't following North Carolina. To, I, a friend of mine was big North Carolina Tar Heels fan. Sure, but I had some clothes that went with those shoes, so I'm sure I had a. I think I had a pair of white ones with blue stripes. Wow. But yeah, I've always had shell toes in my lineup. Yeah, the How only you? I you're the the wedding shell toes are the only ones I ever owned. Yeah, and so, yeah, I think for me, it. Uh, yeah, as as like with the music thing, I could go on and on about this, but uh, I think if I'm my favorite, the my favorite shoes of all time are. Oh, that's really hard. It is. Okay, so I've narrowed it down to three, and I'm going to try to decide. Let me decide. <laughs> okay, so I'll. See, that's not right. Yeah, okay, so I'll... So, in in Wausau, back in the day, there was a, a strange store that sold office supplies and athletic equipment. What was that? Do you remember it? I'm going to let you think about it. Trying to think of it. It was where uh, Sam's Pizza is in West, or in Schofield now? No, I don't remember that. It was called the Gamut. Oh my God! Okay, so yeah, so what a strange place. It's at some point after uh, in in high school or junior high, I 
decided I wanted to, I really wanted to pursue being a tennis player. I wanted to pursue tennis as a, as a sport that was going to be my primary sport. And I got a pair this, well, actually, no, I can even preamble the why. So there was a kid on the high school tennis team named, uh, Win Doan, uh, an Asian guy, uh, named Win, right? Win? No, no, Nin, N-I-N-H, his little brother's name was Win. Nin Doan. His little brother was younger than me. Hmm. And he, so, uh, he had like all the cool Nike clothes and he had, John McEnroe was wearing, he was, John McEnroe was sort of the first Nike athlete, the way Jordan and LeBron and these guys are. Uh, and Nike was behind John McEnroe and he came out with these three-quarter shoes, black and gray tennis shoes. And they were they were just the coolest thing. I'll, I'll send you a picture of for the website. I think they were called Nike Mac Attacks. Horrible name, but <laughs> that's what they were. They they were, and so I, this kid Nin had them, and I'm like Jesus. Not only is John McEnroe super cool in my opinion, that kid Nin has a tennis game that I wanted to, to emulate, so I wanted to get his shoes, and so. You know, I waited until the gamut got them. And so the problem was they were really common uh, because it was tennis. The white shoes were really common. So they had a pair of white ones with red and white or red and blue accents. But I didn't want them. I wanted the black and gray shoes because I thought that was cooler, you know. So um, and then I think, yeah. Then the then it was then it's really two other pair of shoes I uh, the Nike Air Veer, which I think I've I post on Facebook all the time, uh, just because the beloved Florida State Seminoles wore them first they wore them as football shoes back in the day so I just love them but yeah it was yeah God and so what's are, so those, are, were those the cross training ones yeah they were sort of cross training shoes yeah they also made a they made a version that was football spikes but they they were primarily a cross training shoe and i i was traveling when they were out for the couple of years that they were out and i was broke at the time and so as a result i could never buy them but i you know years later i bought a pair at the east bay tent sale and they i think they're in my storage space having never really been worn Bo jackson wear those who Bo Jackson? Nope, he didn't. He wore a different cross-training shoe. Hmm. So yes, they were not. He did not wear the Air Veers. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, and then so so then here's here's my question. Then now, what are your go-to sneakers today? Uh, I have a pair of Air Max. That's right. You have those Air Maxes. Those are so cool. Yeah. I have a pair of black and what are they? Hot pink. Yeah. Air Max. Those those are really great shoes, and I have a pair of fluorescent green. Um, let's see, I have them on uh, Asics that are sort of my house shoes. Yep. Okay. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a barefoot stocking okay, sure. sneaker guy, so I've always got sneakers on. So and these are just a pair of super lightweight, meshy running shoes. Sure. Yeah, so I, I'm in those most of the time. Yeah. How about you? So I, you know, I was I was thinking about that this question too because I knew I wanted to ask it, so I wanted to have a have an answer. And so the answer is, um, it's this uh, Etnies. Let me look and see what their names are called. They're they're sort of one of the black Etnies shoes that they always come out with. And they're sort of a traditional skateboarding shoe. Mm-hmm. And I... Wow, and he has some cool shit that's not on Zappos. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Etne, they're just... According to the Etnies websites, they're just Etnies low-cut. Oh, no, wait. Here they are. The Etnies fader. That's what I like. So, I've always, you know... I started wearing them in post-college at some point because they looked you know kind of black they were black on black with a gum sole and so I'm like well that's 
that can fit in, in a loose office. So that's sort of what I like. I also sort of have been uh, wearing a lot of Vans and Van-style shoes, you know, sort of with the the minimalist footwear. The, right. Yeah, you know, and so I've got a pair of Macbeths that I wear that I own now that are red on red, and I really like them, which is sort of what I wear most most times. I'm unemployed, so I don't really, you know, get dressed for work that often. But, you know, if I'm going out, I tend to wear those. So, yeah, I like those a lot. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I had some Adidas years ago that had meshed all the way through to the sole. And Whoa. I just got hooked on them because they were so breathable. So I always try to find shoes like that, and it's yeah. not an easy thing to find. Yeah, that isn't really it. But there is, there, now it seems like, you know, like the, the kind of bad idea sneakers that we had when we were kids have have now caught up. Like, I don't know if you remember the first time Nike put out a skateboarding shoe. Vaguely. It was pink on green and it's had it was a high top. Wow. And it was it came out in nineteen eighty nine and I remember cause uh all of my friends we all bought them at the East Bay tent sale to ride to we want we could afford cycling shoes, so we thought this is as close as we're gonna get. So let's all buy matching shoes and uh that's what we'd wear mountain biking. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. No. So, do you have do you have have you kept any shoes that you no longer wear? No, really. No, I'm not much of a keeper. I have a pair of shoes that I wore in ninth grade that I that I've kept all these years. Wow. It's and I don't wear them. I mean, they're they're absolutely wrecked. I was because it was the last year I played basketball. Uh, sort of at my school and it was I went to DC Everest our colors were green and gold and I bought a pair of uh, patent leather blue Adidas Concord three quarters wow there you go and I had the balls to show up at basketball practice wearing them nice and you know like okay this is going to work or it's not you know and so I tried and so yeah I kept them, and I played summer basketball on a team in Eau Claire, and the coach thought they were just the coolest shoes ever. So for whatever reason, I just thought the compliment was so great that I'm like, I'm keeping the shoes, you know. No, I've never been very nostalgic like that. And I was always the guy that was, you know, home on the weekends cleaning my shoes with a toothbrush. So the minute they got wrecked, they were done. I didn't want to see them anymore. Oh wow! See, I yeah, don't buy a new pair or do the same pair, whatever it was. But if you could go back in time and get a pair, or re reacquire a pair, hmm, I don't know. I don't think I really liked any of them that much. Yeah, I wore those Fila high tops a lot, but I don't know if I could wear a high top anymore. Right. Too warm. Too hot. Yeah. <laughs> And I was, I was warm with the with the Velcro straps tied to the back. Do you remember that? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just re- oh, that was ridiculous. Nineties were so awful. Yep, it was horrible. Yeah, I would I would go back and buy. So in college, it's you know being a punk rock kid, our the uniform was Doc Martens. You know that right. was it. But I was like, you know what? That's a uniform. That's bullshit. I'm not buying Doc Martens. <laughs> Fuck that. And. I'm not buying Doc Martens. Yeah, exactly. And so, because they were, they were just kind of crappy. And so, uh, my friend Jill worked at East Bay, and she got me a pair of multicolored Nike Baltoro hiking boots. Mm. This is before the Air thing happened. So they, it, this was at the time when, like, they were teal and orange and red, and you know, it had uh, yellow laces with lines through it. it was the color era was upon us. Right. And for whatever reason, Nike made a limited edition all black Baltoro boot. Hmm. And so she got them for me for Christmas one year when I was in college. And I'm like, these pass for Doc Martens. <laughs> so that's what I would wear. Like I'd wear, you know, uh, torn off combat pants and these black boots with socks. And I'd be like, I'm fucking styling. You have, you have no idea. And I'd, I'd, 
I loved them because it was, and I wore them forever and ever. And I, I think I left them in college somewhere. I don't really know where oh. they are. Oh yeah, those. I'm looking yeah. at a picture of them now. Right. Let me just see. I'm gonna pull them yeah, up. I remember those. No, I remember buying a lot of um, Adidas Samba, the soccer shoes, from the Oh yeah, oh yeah. See, right. Ones. So I but googled I, I Nike Voltoro. I couldn't stand what the tongues did, so I had to, I I couldn't see getting another pair of those. Yeah, the tongues would always slide off to the far left or right. It was annoying. Yep. So right. You so you if you Google Nike Voltoro, you see yep. what the visual stylings were of the day, and that was very bright. Hideous. <laughs> like, yeah. So my, if I Google that, mine are on my screen are the are on the third row. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe those, but yeah. Let me just see if I can Google Nike Baltoro black. Oh, you had the blue and pink ones. Or yeah. The, the purple and orange in there too. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, that's not your. That's not your style at all. Nope, not anymore. Yeah, so yeah, that's hilarious. But you know, we just it was it was a strange time. America was a fucked up place, but funny. But we had a tent sale. Yeah, so it's we did. We had it. We had a killer tent sale. As we wanted. Uh, yeah. All right. So that was awesome. Anything else? I got nothing. Okay. Good. All right, so let's do. I'm let's go do buy it. some shoes now. Yeah, right. That's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to go buy some shoes. But uh, so let's do our. Let's do the the weekly endorsements. I'll right. let you start because now we've both kicked much ass this week and put our endorsements in Trello. I have a couple of web extensions that I wanted to promote. Okay, you do that because that's that's weird. It is, but. There's a lot of people that I want to share stuff with right. that aren't necessarily on the media platforms that I want to share them with. So I had to figure out a way to do that. And Ad Pocket is a great extension for that. You're on a website, you want to share it with somebody, say via email, just type in the at sign, bingo. You get a whole list of emails from your contacts and you can send that link directly to that person. That's awesome. And that has been super helpful and there was another app I found called side notes and uh, it's a Chrome extension and I there's a some keyboard stroke I forget what it is sure but it just slides everything on the page over to the left and gives you a, a Dropbox synced notepad that you can just copy down a URL make a little note you think of something you need to buy from the store or whatever it is you know just type it in there it's synced with with Dropbox and you can go back to browsing or working or whatever that's cool so these are I don't have to open three different tabs to, right. to Evernote or to right. open Wonderlist and you know I it's just quick and simple so you're you're doing most of this you're doing most of your browsing in, in Chrome now right yes yeah okay Chrome and Firefox yeah yeah I think I've, I've jumped to, to mostly Firefox just because I've, I think I have, an, I have an older MacBook Pro, and it's just, I think Chrome is having a hard, I think it, it and Chrome are not getting along. Well, so. Chrome is such a ram hog. Right. That's a problem. And they're supposed to be fixing that soon. So right. I'll see how they do. But Firefox is, from a, especially from a developer's standpoint, is, is much better to use. So I've been trying to use it more. Um, and then, and then uh, OneNote. I've been trying to use OneNote more. Apparently, they use OneNote a lot at my forthcoming job. Okay. So, and I know that I've had the OneNote app on my phone for some time. I've, I've actually thought that maybe we should be doing a podcast. Well, I think we are doing a podcast. OneNote yeah. and uh, Evernote. I think you threw down the gauntlet, you know, and I and I'll rise to it, you know. So. That's fine. We're we're gonna so give it I a shot. The next, yeah, the next podcast we're gonna we're gonna abandon Evernote for a week and see what yep. happens. Exactly. And, and I'm an Evernote heavy guy to the right. point where I pay for it. Like I actually use the, I actually pay for the Evernote Premium. So this will be something. But I but I like I said I off the air. It is really. 
Outlook and Windows and Microsoft really seem to be kicking much ass, you know? Yeah, and, and I, apparently the OneNote app for iOS is, is really good. It's wow. got less features, but it's it's supposed to be really good, so yeah, give it a shot and see what happens. Right, so that's cool. All right, so I've only got two, and one of them is really sort of, well, I'll, I'll say I have three. Um, so uh, the one the one is and I'll do it first is really sort of inside baseball it comes out of my last job so for the last couple of years I've been working on uh, telemedicine a way for patients to interact with healthcare on a, in a video way in a virtual in a virtualized way so we it got to the point where we we literally built a physical virtual clinic at my last employer and we used a product from a company called VCVSEE and so they were the products that we were using at the time were really sort of just in development in their beta stages and we were really kind of out there as far as we could get them to go and we were working directly with them on what we wanted them to do and da 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 da, da. and uh, just Right, right around the time that I got let go from my job, uh, VC launched a, the non-beta products that are just they have they have what's called a virtual waiting room uh, application that can be put into your website via a free API. Okay, so that's they're just giving a product away. So what it is is, you know, if you're an Aspirus. And this, this is, I think this is going to come up in your job. Somebody at some point should talk about this for your job. But uh, it's it's an offshoot of that Amazon app where you have a Kindle Fire and you push a button and you're looking at your video conferencing with somebody. Mm-hmm. So what VC does is, you know, you build this application into your website. Somebody's sitting there trying, looking at your website and they want to talk to somebody from your from your clinic, they click a, they click the button and it creates a video. If it's if the two if your computer is capable, it creates a video conference discussion between you and a staff member of the clinic. And so it's like a it's literally a virtual waiting room. So once that once that engagement happens, then all of a sudden, okay, now I can make an appointment. I can talk to a provider. I can do all of these other things. And I'm like, oh, it's so cool that you guys finished this the week after I got let go son of a bitch <laughs> so cool um, and then the the second thing that I'll recommend is uh, because it came up in email uh, you sent me an email about uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal one of my favorite actresses uh, the she does she has an, a Netflix show or it might be a not Netflix show um, called The Honorable Woman and it's sort of like it's a little bit like Showtimes or who Cinemaxes or whoever the hell put out that show, uh, Homeland or, yeah, the Claire Dane show is at Homeland. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's just a little bit less of. It's a little bit less crisis driven and a little bit more sort of slow and meditative, you know, a version of that. It's you know it takes it's espionage based, takes place in the Middle East, mm. and it's Maggie Gyllenhaal. So. That's pretty much all you need. I mean, that's really awesomeness incarnate right there. So, <laughs> but yeah. So you know. And then if I was going to recommend something, I'm 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 currently in love with Outlook. The problem is that you know, I don't want to change emails at age 44. And which Outlook would that be? Outlook.com. Okay. So you know, my email is this. It's the same. I own the. I have the same. You know, Corvino D at gmail.com and Corvino D at outlook.com. And I'm only doing that now because I know very few people are listening, so I'm not going to get spammed with anything. <laughs> but so uh, that those two emails are the same. But man, just the sort of richness of what Microsoft is putting out there as far as free stuff, like there's a free version of Word. You know, a free version of Excel of all of their applications, and I'm like, "Holy Christ, that's amazing!" And then OneDrive has got a terabyte of space for you for free. You know, and it's just it's really quite astonishing that that's getting there. But yeah, so Mac guys changing sides. I know, isn't that something? I mean, aren't <laughs> you, are are you at least tempted? 
Oh, I am. I wouldn't have been before I'd taken the job at that uh, collaborative where I am now. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, once once I moved out of the creative aspect of right. my career, it didn't make a lot of sense to to sort or of hold your ground. Yeah. Right. And you know, I'm primarily a writer and a and a podcaster, and right. so you know, my software exists on all platforms. You know, it'd be yeah, it'd be nice to get GarageBand because that's what I primarily use now. But you know, Audacity is just as fine. You know, it's just a little bit different. It's a little bit harder to use, but you know, it's it's you know the same sort of free version of it. So I you know, I. I'm tempted. Like we're we're going to take on. I'm going to take on this idea of building a podcast studio, a physical studio, this summer, and I'm tempted to just sort of get a, a Windows, an inexpensive Windows computer to use over there at the physical space because sure. you know just for transferring of data. Let's say you know person X comes in and wants to record a podcast. I don't need to be a part of it. They just record it. I hand them a you know a USB drive full of their audio and send them on their way right you know so that's that's kind of the plan so yeah but uh all right buddy uh i think that was pretty so if uh just to to close out the same way we always do so if people want to get a hold of us check the website here you are wasa.com you can find us on twitter at the same handle at here you are wasa.com i would rattle off our personal twitter accounts but you can find those on the website right all right. To you. Yeah, good. So we'll talk to you next time. We're going to do, we're going to uh, chuck Evernote to the side and we're both going to commit to OneNote for a seven day period. We might be very angry podcasters yeah. next week. <laughs> it might, yeah, our lives might completely fall apart. So, but we're going to give it a shot. Hello, big man. This is the limit. Come on.